0: Today we're going to talk about insomnia, and this is pretty personal for me because I also suffer from insomnia. It's actually one of the most common sleep disorders, and about 15% of Americans suffer from chronic insomnia. So what is insomnia? Insomnia is difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep. Chronic insomnia is a disrupted sleep that happens at least three times a week and goes on for more than three months so remember it is difficulty falling asleep and also difficulty staying asleep either one or the other or both what if you just have difficulty falling asleep because a lot of us do well what is defined as difficulty falling asleep. If you fall asleep within 20 minutes, that is actually excellent and you have absolutely no problem. If it takes you an hour or longer to fall asleep, you have something called sleep onset insomnia. So what causes insomnia? Well, the major cause is depression, anxiety, and stress. You also have medications that cause it, trauma and unhealthy sleep habits. And we'll talk a little bit more about unhealthy sleep habits a little later on in the program, because I'm sure we all have them. Now, why is sleeping important? I believe that sleeping is actually one of the cornerstones of good health. Restful sleep, exercise, good nutrition. These three are really the cornerstones of good health. Now we've talked about nutrition and people are very happy talking to you about exercise as well. However, no one really talks to you about how important restful sleep is. What is restful sleep? Well, it's sleeping between seven and 10 hours every single night, sleeping before midnight, and having dreams. If you do all these three, that is considered restful sleep. I know me personally, I wasn't dreaming for years, and I didn't know that lack of dreams is usually a sign of lack of REM sleep or rapid eye movement sleep. Now, What is the importance of REM sleep and how do we know we're getting it? Well, how do we know we're getting it? The easiest and most basic trick is to actually, uh, remember whether you've dreamed or not, if you can remember your dreams, that means you've usually had them. That means you, you are getting REM sleep. And what is the importance of REM sleep? Well, during REM sleep, you have heightened brain activity and you have vivid dreams, okay? Longer REM sleep or the the bulk of the REM sleep happens during the early hours of the morning. So if you're not getting the seven to eight hours of sleep, you could be cutting your REM sleep time. Okay. And why is it important? Well, dreaming and REM sleep is like therapy for our brain. It also helps protect us from most diseases. Now we don't know exactly how and why REM sleep tends to be protective in that way. But we do know that people who aren't getting the required amount of REM sleep are getting sicker than people who are getting REM sleep. So, I see dreaming or REM sleep really as therapy for our brains and therapy for our body. Another thing I want to touch upon is something called obstructive sleep apnea. Okay, and that is also can be a cause of feeling fatigued and tired during the day. And obstructive sleep apnea occurs in about 5 to 15% of the population, and it's when your airway closes during sleep. And sleep apnea is very closely associated with hypertension or high blood pressure. So if you're a male, you have high blood pressure, you're a little bit overweight, these are the risk factors for obstructive sleep apnea. And how do you know that you've got sleep apnea? Well, if you sleep with a partner, ask them. And there are lots of videos on YouTube that actually show you what normal snoring sounds like and what obstructive sleep apnea sounds like. It's like they go very quiet for about 30 seconds and then they just gasp for air. And you need to talk to your doctor if you have sleep apnea, because we would like to get it checked out and we'd like to treat it. And the treatment of choice is a CPAP machine. It's like a mask that fits over the nose or mouth and it gently blows air into the airway to keep it open. It's a highly effective method for sleep apnea and don't be afraid of it because having sleep apnea is usually just going to get worse with age and it is not good for your overall health. You need good restorative sleep for good health. So now that we know what is insomnia and what causes it, how do we treat it? There are lots of different methods of treatments, and I'm going to talk about the sleeping pills first, just because I'm sure you know that I'm not a huge fan of uh, chemicals in general to take when you don't really need to. So we've seen a huge rise in the use of prescription and over-the-counter sleeping pills. They're also called hypnotics. And these hypnotics actually don't help your sleep. What hypnotics do is basically make you sleep faster. So you fall asleep faster. And then you have something called sleep amnesia, which means that You actually do toss and turn at night. You do actually wake up, but you just don't remember that. So that's why you wake up feeling groggy after these prescription pills, because you think, wow, I've had a really good restful sleep, but you haven't, you just can't remember that you haven't had a restful sleep. And, um, these are the prescription pills. Let's talk about the -the over-the-counter pills, such as Tylenol PM. Well, what is Tylenol PM? Tylenol PM is basically Tylenol and a little bit of Benadryl with it. Now, if you know what Benadryl is, it's a cough syrup medication, an anticholinergic, and cough syrups usually make you feel sleepy. So what Tylenol did is said, oh, you know what? That's a good idea. Let's put Tylenol with some cough syrup medication and call it Tylenol PM. So um, Tylenol PM has an 18 hour half-life and it makes you feel groggy and it actually doesn't help your sleep. So rather than feeling rested, you feel groggy and tired in the morning and they can dry out your nose and mouth. Also studies have shown that sleeping pills or hypnotics prescriptions offered little benefit compared to placebo studies. So you're wondering then, if I'm gonna have all these side effects and I'm not gonna get restful sleep and it's no better than a placebo, why take it? Which is exactly my point. If instead of taking these hypnotics or Tylenol PM. Try valerian tea. Try it for the short term. It takes about two to three weeks for you to see uh, benefit from herbs. They do take longer than uh, pills, but try it and see if it works for you. Another thing that a lot of people like to try is chamomile tea. And chamomile tea is great. It's a relaxant. However, it also is a mild diuretic, which means it makes you want to pee more often. So don't take chamomile right at night, especially if you suffer from um, middle of the night waking to go to the bathroom. Maybe chamomile tea is not the best thing for you because it actually will make uh, going to the bathroom in the middle of the night worse. So how do we treat insomnia? I see insomnia as multifactorial. And therefore, there are a few things you have to do in order to treat it. Um, One of the best teachers I've had for sleep and sleep disorders is called Dr. Ruben Neyman. And he's got a wonderful um, sleep website called DrNayman.com, which is D-R-N as in November, A-I-M as in Michael, A-N.com, DrNayman.com. And he's got um, wonderful books and wonderful CDs to help you and and help educate you as to what is happening to you when you sleep and why certain things are either helping you sleep or certain things are hindering your sleep. So we talked about the -the over-the-counter pills and the hypnotics. Let's talk about things you can do to treat it. Number one is try and have a sleep-inducive bedroom, which means I don't want you to do anything in the bedroom except sleep. If you want to watch TV, TV has to be watched outside of your bedroom. So your bedroom should be sleep conducive, okay? You don't want an uncomfortable mattress. So your bedroom should be 68 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 20 degrees Celsius. That's pretty cold. And um, you don't want exposure to too much light at night. Now talking about exposure to light at night, there's something called a circadian rhythm which is the body's internal clock. And what happens is that certain hormone levels rise and fall depending on whether you should be awake or asleep. Before we had electricity, our circadian rhythm was fairly constant because we knew daylight was light time and that's the time for activity. And then when the sun would set, The nighttime was the time for rest, sleep, and relaxation. But nowadays with electricity, the body doesn't realize that it's nighttime. It still thinks it's daytime because these bright lights at night uh, do trick the body into thinking it's still daytime. So the body doesn't actually release the hormones needed to tell the body to relax and it's time to sleep. So one thing I personally do is I wear blue light blocking glasses. I've done LASIKs a long time ago, so I don't wear glasses anymore, but I've recently bought online. They don't cost a lot, blue light blocking glasses. And once the sun sets, I put my blue light blocking glasses on, especially when I'm working on a computer or watching TV because these devices, uh, give off a lot of blue light. Another thing you need to make sure you do is just watch your caffeine intake. I personally am very sensitive to caffeine, so I can't have anything with caffeine after 3 p.m. I can't have green tea. I can't have any of these things. So just watch your caffeine intake, watch your nicotine intake. And many people take alcohol at bedtime, which can help someone feel like they're falling asleep faster. But once you fall asleep and your body's beginning to metabolize alcohol, it's more likely to cause something called a rebound alertness and wake you up. And it usually wakes you up during REM sleep. And alcohol is possibly the causation or the factor of you waking up in the middle of the night. Alcohol also suppresses deep and REM sleep. So generally drink less, drink with a meal and earlier in the evening or not at all, because um, some people are quite sensitive to it. And they find that even if they drink earlier in the day, it still does disrupt their sleep. So remember how we were talking about the circadian rhythm, your body's 24 hour clock and blue light blocking glasses? Well, studies have shown that early morning light exposure is so important for resetting this biological 24 hour clock. And it is said that you need about 45 minutes of early morning light exposure to help get you to sleep better. A mistake you're probably doing if you suffer from insomnia is forcing yourself to stay in bed when you're tossing and turning and not sleeping. So if you don't sleep within 20 minutes, get up from your bed, go somewhere else, and do something relaxing, like a breathing exercise, like meditation. And once you feel sleepy again, go back to bed. What you want to do is train your mind into thinking bed is for sleeping, not bed is for tossing and turning at night. The issue is that insomniacs associated their bed and bedroom with sleeplessness. And we want to retrain the brain into associating the bed and bedroom with actually sleepiness. I also don't sleep with my mobile phone nearby I am I don't like EMF radiation while I sleep so my phone is charging in another room and it's not in my bedroom I personally also find that a warm Epsom salt bath with candles again no light really helps me I personally also use blue light blocking glasses and no caffeine after 3 p.m and I keep my bedroom when I sleep cold. It's about 24 degrees C. When I just said that you should have it between 68 degrees Fahrenheit or 20 degrees C, but I find 20 very cold for me. I personally also drink chamomile tea during the day, not at night. At night, I might have valerian if I'm feeling especially um, anxious. Another thing you can do is have houseplants because the quality of the air also helps and many houseplants um, clean the air and actually give off oxygen during the night. Now, if you're going to have a house plant, make sure it's in a ceramic jar, not a plastic jar. And these are a few of the house plants I recommend. Snake plant, Chinese evergreen, Boston fern, English ivy, Aloe vera as well, spider plant, rubber plant, lady palm. Um, A famous study at NASA in 1989 found that these plants were able to reduce indoor air pollutants such as benzene and formaldehyde. So lots of benefits with having plants. There's also a strong relationship between regular cardio exercise and good sleep. Okay. So if you're not getting regular cardio exercise, please do. But remember, don't exercise four hours or even six hours before wanting to go to bed because exercise tends to energize you four hours later. And that is not what you want, um, when you want to go to sleep. So try exercising earlier and try and do that regularly. Vitamins also can help with sleep. Some supplements such as calcium, magnesium, and B vitamins may support sleep. Um, A multivitamin like my DLMD liquid multivitamin contains all that. And I just mentioned that I take Epsom salt baths, which is of course magnesium, and magnesium can be absorbed through the skin through these baths. So let's also talk about melatonin because that's one of the treatments. Um, melatonin is a hormone secreted by the pineal gland, and it decreases as we age. It's called the sleep hormone. And um, the dosage of melatonin is about 0.3 milligrams every night. Now, if you go out And look at the melatonin tablets out there. They're usually three milligrams, and that's far too much. You need 0.3 milligrams every night. And Dr. Ruben Neyman says that sublingual melanin tablets are best. And another thing about blue light, blue light suppresses melatonin. So our light-filled night The melatonin is suppressed, of course. So melatonin is so sensitive to light that if you see a car coming towards you in the street, by the time the car passes, its headlights have already caused your brain to send the signal to suppress melatonin. So what to do? Wear blue light blocking glasses from when the sun sets. And um, if you need to have, because we do need to have lights at home, um, Dr. Neyman suggests red light night lamps because red disrupts your, our circ- circadian cycle the least. Now I haven't yet done that because it's too much hassle really for me to go and change up all my lights to red light. So I just wear blue light blocking glasses and I find it really helps. Now, if you do all that and it still doesn't help, then you might want to look into doing CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy. And it has been shown to be extremely, extremely effective. Now, why I didn't mention that in the beginning is because to do cognitive behavioral therapy, it requires training. So you need to go, you need to get trained in it. Um, and you need to then of course, do it regularly. Another cause of insomnia is certain medications. So if you take certain medications, one of the side effects could be, um, insomnia and or disrupted sleep. So just if that's the case and you've been doing all that I suggested and still nothing's working and you are on prescription medication, maybe talk to your doctor about that. A lot of people with insomnia, and myself included, um, feel sleepy. But once we get into bed, we just can't sleep because suddenly our brain decides to start working. And suddenly we decide to obsess over things or think about things and we shouldn't. So there's this beautiful, quote that I read somewhere that says, patients with insomnia frequently report a subjective sense of not feeling sufficiently sleepy during the night. In actuality, they are probably too noisy. I don't know about you, but I definitely am. And when I decide to think of nothing and clear my brain, I find I can go to sleep within 20 minutes. Depression is usually the most frequent cause for chronic insomnia. And if you are feeling depressed, then maybe that could be the cause of your insomnia. And I would like you to try light therapy. I would like you to expose yourself to sunlight. I would like you to spend 10 minutes a day with exposed arms and exposed legs in the sun and see whether that helps lift your mood. Because studies have shown that light is a potent antidepressant and it's even more effective than antidepressant pills. There are two books or resources I think you guys should check out. One is called No More Sleepless Nights by Howri, H-A-U-R-I. And the other one is the website I had mentioned earlier, drnaiman.com. And just to leave you with this beautiful quote from Dr. Nayman: to get to sleep, we have to learn to surrender wakefulness. Dr. Naiman believes that sleep is in all of us. We are just not surrendering to it. So I hope this podcast on insomnia is helpful and explains a few of the things that are happening to you and why you're having difficulty falling asleep. And I really hope that the tips I just mentioned will be of help to you and help you get a good night's sleep and remember between seven to 10 hours is what you need for good health and sleep is as important as diet and nutrition in our overall health.